Welcome back to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Earth, a podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in sustainability and how we can work together to create a more sustainable future. I'm your host Madhura and I'm thrilled to be here on this journey with you. Today, I take the pleasure to introduce Mr. Ganesh Shankar from Fluxgen Technologies as a guest speaker on our podcast. Fluxgen is an industrial water management firm based in Bangalore that helps industries to monitor their water usage in real time. Mr. Ganesh is an entrepreneur in the sustainability and climate tech space with a career vision towards making sustainability the default choice for all. He is currently the founder and CEO of Fluxgen Technologies with the goal of de-risking industries from the water crisis. He has also co-founded the Sustainability Mafia, also known as the SUS Mafia, which is an organization with a mission to multiply the impact of sustainability leaders through goal-oriented collaboration. Welcome, Ganesh, sir. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today to kick off our very first podcast with a startup. I know your journey in water and climate tech has been very interesting and purposeful. Could you briefly lead our listeners through this beautiful journey of yours? Thank you so much, uh, Madhura, for having me in this uh, uh, podcast. Uh, you're very kind to invite me as a speaker. Uh, uh, happy to share a bit about my journey. Uh, you know, I grew up in Bangalore. I did most of my education here. Uh, I did my engineering in RV College of Engineering and Communication Engineering. Uh, I later worked for a startup. And then uh, fortunately, I got a seat to do my master's at the Institute of Science. Of course, initial journey, I was more interested in technology. Uh, I worked with ISRO when I was doing my engineering internship. And then uh, I took up a job in GE Aerospace uh, after graduating from University of Science. Uh, but well, I uh, realized my uh, true calling was in uh, climate action and sustainability. Uh, 2010, uh, I decided to quit my job at General Electric to start a fresh career in climate action and sustainability. Uh, initially, I worked with a company called uh, Selco, uh, which is a solar uh, company, which is uh, primarily focused on rural electrification. And uh, later on, uh, you'll be surprised, I spent entire year just doing cycle rides to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. And yeah, I started a projects and consulting company uh, that would uh, cater to uh, sustainability at large uh, in solar, water, agriculture. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, in uh, various other uh, sustainably related aspects. And well, that uh, that's how I uh, started my fresh career in 2010. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, starting this company also helped me understand the challenges in this field of sustainability, climate action, environment at large. Initially, yeah. we were focused on uh, solar and slowly uh, spun off this uh, a company into a separate entity called Air Probe, uh, which is uh, was involved in uh, analyzing utility scale solar farms, and that actually did really well. We scaled across the country, went across uh, uh, three other continents, uh, and this company, of course, uh, uh, was uh, uh, because of its power to uh, analyze a solar farm and increase the overall efficiency and profits by twenty percent to these owners. It was eventually acquired by a San Francisco-based company called DroneBase. I spun off the uh, second entity as a, a water tech company, that is Fluxion Sustainable Technologies. Uh, 
<clears throat> which I am running today. Uh, yes, I'll speak about it more as we go along. But yeah, it's been a very fulfilling journey so far. It's indeed quite an illustrious career, both in terms of tech and sustainability. And also since you've worked intimately both with water management and other areas in the climate space, what do you think is the nexus between climate and water? And also what are some of the major problems we are witnessing in terms of water as of today? Pretty interesting, right? Just last week, some of the top uh, oil companies... Uh, uh, including ExxonMobil, Shell, uh, Chevron made the highest profits in their history. Uh, Exxon yeah. made the 55 billion profits. I mean, profit is good. I mean, but you know, when you're uh, in, when an oil company is making such profit, I wonder in an alternate universe, say energy efficiency making such profit. I expect uh, another uh, solar energy company like Renew making such profit. But unfortunately not, right? I mean, uh, so that means the point that I want to drive is that uh, the planet is becoming warmer day by day, right? Mm. And uh, that also means that uh, climate change mitigation is not catching up enough. And, you know, it is said that if uh, uh, climate change is sharp, water is its teeth. So I might be a little biased because I'm in that field. But mm. think of it. I mean, we live in the same planet that uh, cities rather that uh, Emperor Ashoka to Akbar built uh, cities, right? And But the uh, uh, the rainfall has changed the, because the, basically a warmer planet cha- changes the evapotranspiration, hydrology. That means that we would not be getting the same water that we used to get when these cities were built. So think of uh, Bangalore by itself, right? Today, yeah. we get water all the way from uh, River Kaveri. Uh, earlier mm-hmm. to this, we had thousands of lakes and that thousands of lakes has been converted into colonies like Kormangla or if you consider uh, Dombloor or even the Kantirava Stadium or our own majestic bus stand. They're all lakes, right? Today, they have yeah. been converted to because of which today we get water all the way from 150 kilometers from River Kaveri. So that means that uh, there's so much of energy spent in it. And it is also coming at the cost of somebody else more deserving to get this water. It's said that the bank, uh, the availability of water from Kaveri is also reducing to the city. That's why there's plans to get water all the way from Sharavati and maybe even from Krishna River, like as long as 500 kilometers. This again is coming at the cost of people around there not getting that water. Right? And Think of it. I mean, like uh, <clears throat> the, there is a, a big uh, challenge that these rivers are posing uh, for availability of water. So we are decided to go down. That is like you know we want we are putting borewell down the on our land. I mean uh, to extract the deficit water that we are not able to get from the rivers. And yeah. uh, you know any guess when did we get the first borewell in our country? Any guess? <laughs> Around 60s or 70s? Yeah, it came in 1972 for the first time. So mankind, and at least in India, people were never using borewell till 1970s. In 90s, it became very popular. right? And uh, it replaced the wells. Today, mm-hmm. India consumes groundwater equal to some of all of the US and China put together. That's and our groundwater surprising. withdrawal today is 25% of the global groundwater withdrawal. And uh, it's just not Bangalore is in under crisis. 21 Indian cities is running out of groundwater. Right? I'll just and, like cut you off here, like, sorry, but 
that's that's a huge problem right because even groundwater like uh, the number of groundwater bore wells that are registered with the karnataka groundwater authority and the uh, electricity board is completely different there's like lacks together of difference so it's all unaccounted water the thing is since water has a resource has always been considered as free or very low cost uh, mm. we have not respected it i mean mm. when you are taking this groundwater your uh, this water takes thousands of years to actually fill it's fossil mm. water to be honest mm. and we are using at a rate uh, six times that we are filling it mm. so that means it is coming at a intergenerational justice cost of it right i mean the future generation mm. would deserve this water as much as we deserve it so yeah it is uh, it, it's a huge huge uh, uh, lapse from our generation that we are uh, using this water at unprecedented pace mm. and i think the authorities need to be a little more cautious and need to set up more regulations about water usage in the city and at least in bangalore absolutely see i mean uh, uh, groundwater withdrawal is te- technically mining right so just mm-hmm. like how you uh, if you consider petrol oil or any other resource that has been very regulated in terms of extraction uh, why is it something as important as water not regulated but thanks to uh, the latest uh, cgw regulation which says mm-hmm. that all groundwater extraction today you should get an noc from cgwa and uh, industries and uh, large other large guzzlers including commercial entities should uh, actually monitor this extraction of groundwater and reduce the withdrawal by minimum 20% in 2 years so there are some good developments but still the enforcement has to definitely catch up to ensure that there is water for uh, generations ahead so now that we have kind of set up the problem with respect to water and its mismanagement could you tell us how fluxgen is targeting the problem and what motivated you to start it and also a little bit about how the technology works sure see i mean uh, i'll go with the motivation first right i mean the yeah. in my earlier childhood we had a well at home and we used to get water for our daily needs so that by the time i went to my school the well dried out uh, we got a tap connection and we were able to utilize water uh, from the tap but uh, it became infrequent because of which my father had to construct a overhead tank uh, since my father was taking a pair of water at home later uh, by the time i went to my high school uh, so we were not able to fill the water all the way to the overhead tanks because the pressure had reduced due to rapid urbanization so we had to construct a sump at home and by the time i went to my college my father had to get one more tank at home because the water was so infrequent and uh, today we get water even from tanker right and uh, we use water on uh, bottles so if the trend continues my son might actually consume water from uh, capsules so <laughs> we should not let that happen we should make sure that there is enough water so let me ask you one thing if there is a competition for water between my father and uh, agriculture and uh, industries uh, who would get the water right so yeah i i suppose my father has to get the water and agriculture should get enough water if not we can't feed our self so industries are in massive and imminent risk right industries might actually shut down which might lead to a lot of other unintended consequences like unemployment and other aspects so we realize that industries are in massive and imminent risk because of the water crisis 
I mean, as I already mentioned, warmer planet also makes it uh, availability of water difficult, tricky rather. So we realized that industries uh, are the one that we should initially focus on. Like there are three major risks industries face because of water crisis. One is basically the cost of water is increasing for industries, and today groundwater, as I said, you should monitor mm-hmm. and you have to pay for it. And uh, there's also indirect costs associated with water, pumping, purification, recycling. Various other energy-intensive activity lead to uh, 5x to uh, 50x the cost of water, right? So, and also the uh, if you consider the treatment of water, uh, that is another 2x to 10x the cost of water. We know one of our customers buy water at 100 rupees per kiloliter. The treatment costs nearly 1000 rupees per kiloliter. So that is, there is a, a cost associated, financial implication uh, with respect to mismanagement of water. The second, of course, is uh, the business continuity risk. If uh, an industry is not able to manage their water, well, they might actually have to shut down. They are not able to comply to regulation, then they might have to shut down or partially shut down. So this leads to huge economic loss for the industry and people at large. So then comes the uh, uh, compliance risk. Uh, you know, according to Water Act of India, you have to monitor water at key location in industries, and you have to report it, and you have to responsibly consume it. The next, of course, is uh, you also have to, uh, uh, I mean, track your groundwater withdrawal and post-report it according to CGW new regulation. You have to, if if not doing so you might be in a huge compliance risk. The last one is BRSR, Business Responsibility and Sustainability Reporting. What it means is uh, if I'm buying this share that I'm wearing today in the future, I would also la- would know how much water was required to make this share and carbon emission and other aspects. So that way, there's a consumer pressure. Consumers are would not buy something that is environmentally um, uh, challenging or it can lead to degradation. Right? That also leads to, reg- I mean, uh, investor pressure and that's why industries are in major risk right and that's the problem that we are trying to solve so basically what you mean is that industries need to be aware of their own water footprint in both running and supporting their business which can be ideally categorized as their operational water footprint and their supply chain water footprint am i right yeah so what we believe at Luxgen is uh, just like how water as a liquid, you know, is transparent and clear. What if you make the data of water transparent and clear and build solution on top of it? That's what we've been doing. So we've been able to digitize water infrastructure, water flow, water level, water pressure, energy consumed by water infrastructure, water quality, put them onto a secure cloud, identify leakage, wastage, excessive usage through our analytics platform and reduce water consumption by up to 30%, identify downtime your water treatment plant, uh, uh, generates high quality reports uh, required for your compliance, whether through our AI assisted, and also give predictive maintenance of their water uh, treatment and water uh, in equipment through uh, prescriptive alerts through our web and mobile dashboard. So like this, we have been helping industries uh, to de-risk themselves from the impending water crisis. I think with this, we have highlighted that corporates are going to face a big brunt because of the water crisis. Which industry do you think is going to be impacted the most? So there are multiple industries under risk. Uh, Definitely, I think uh, food processing and beverage uh, is under massive risk because they produce uh, perishable goods, right? And if suddenly there is no water to produce, so what might happen is uh, that they may not be able to 
produce a milk uh, which they have been doing on a daily basis right i know a dairy which uh, is a very prominent dairy and suddenly because of water unavailability they had to uh, they were not able to produce uh, milk because of which in 18 days of not operating business continuity discontinuity their uh, competitive brand which was able to operate uh, was able to supply milk during this time uh, their customers switched to the other brand permanently right so uh, but that, that the situation hold goods for many other industries that if you which are large guzzlers of water right i mean metals mining uh, <clears throat> are also a major risk because they might end up contaminating the environment if they are not managing their water well and uh, there is also a risk associated to uh, even uh, textile industry if they are not able to manage their uh, treat uh, water that they are consuming uh, it might actually become part of the drinking water and this might actually be very dangerous to people around there and uh, uh, once they they are actually found they might actually have to shut down their industries now that we have introduced fluxgen to our audience what i want to know is what is the scale of adoption of the fluxgen technology in the industry and also how do you propose to increase the scale in the future see we are uh, cumulatively managing uh, uh, la- i mean around 150 to 200 million liters of water per day and uh, we've been able to save more than uh, 5 billion liter of water in the previous year and uh, so basically we have 50 plus customers 100 plus sites our solutions is running we have uh, companies like uh, tata steel we have uh, vedanta group we have uh, aditya birla group uh, uh, acc cement uh, britannia some of the names that i could mention yeah. right uh, we've been able to uh, digitize our infrastructure into multiple sites and uh, companies like tata steel mining has even done a press release about their collaboration with us uh, uh, about as their digit integrated digital water management partner so like this we've been uh, helping various uh, industries across the country and slowly expanding across the globe uh, in the near future Uh, with uh, environmental reporting gaining traction and attention uh, companies are required to uh, report in their annual ret- uh, reports that what is their environmental impact right so do you think the data that is accumulated or gathered from fluxgen will be uh, can be utilized to you know uh, help in reporting absolutely so in fact uh, our work on this is also is there in microsoft global sustainability report in the previous year and uh, what we have been able to do is uh, uh, since we have clear understanding of water consumption uh, at uh, uh, various levels we have been able to uh, help industries report uh, their water consumption and reduce and also ensure that uh, they have a very uh, a respectable uh, responsible consumption of this water in their reports so yes this is playing a very important role that uh, today that uh, environment reporting uh, has become part of their uh, filing uh, and and i mean future i think just like how we do financial reporting environment reporting would become uh, hand in hand with it and this is a very important trend that is going and it, 
it will probably play very important role in managing our environment yes that that's true and that is the need of vr considering your scale of operations i think the audience at this point would be curious to know what sort of impact have you created with your technology so far and how do you measure it see one is uh, how much amount of water we are making it transparent and digit enabling uh, uh, this water to be managed is very important and then once we uh, monitor track this how much water are we able to save using our technology using our analytics and machine learning uh, algorithms is something that is very important and also ensuring that uh, how are these industries able to uh, reg- uh, ma- catch up with the regulation and ensure they are completely compliant is also another way we measure the success of our solution and uh, because you know compliance also means that they are able to ensure communities have water and also not or discharging uh, 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 harmful chemicals to the environment so to ensure that an industry is responsibly managing water uh, is a very important metric of our work got it uh, since water management is such a huge field uh, what, what do you think is the appetite for venture capitalists to invest in this space unfortunately uh, though the climate uh, water crisis is the biggest uh, challenge the world is facing because of climate crisis uh, the proportionate amount of uh, funding has not happened uh, you would be surprised to know that um, out of whole of investment that went into climate tech the amount of uh, money that has gone into uh, water tech is less than 0.05% previous year that's and, right uh, so it, 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 i'm not very sure if venture capital is the best capital for water tech companies uh, hopefully uh, venture capital world sees the value in investing in water tech uh, as much as in other climate tech companies including mobility or energy energy efficiency or uh, uh, sustainable farming so yeah i mean i'm hoping that the uh, numbers increase and make sure that uh, in, i mean water tech is as attractive as any other climate tech uh, company uh, you said that uh, at present vcs are not so keen on investing but what is the main source of capital that uh, water tech companies are looking at right now so of course uh, the vc gives equity capital right so there is mm. also debt available in the market right so mm. like a friend of mine who is in a water treatment said he has been able to run his business entirely out of debt so debt i mean uh, so there are various debt uh, i mean uh, instruments and today you can have blended finance uh, where it's not just only equity it could be equity come uh, uh debt or various other uh, uh there's also a, i'm sure there's a lot of grant money that will come out because of the crisis various uh, entities would be able to provide government would is already doing a lot of work in under umbrella 2.0 in identifying startups to solve this water problem and giving uh, a grant to uh, as a pilot 
so yeah i mean uh, we will start seeing a lot of other ways of getting access to capital yeah uh, also since you are an alumni of the indian institute of science there are a lot of projects that are going on uh, at the institute level and students are coming up with a lot of unique you know solutions to problems uh, is how to what extent does it translate to actual you know solutions in the long run it's actually little disappointing to say that most of the research work that happens in not i'm not just specific about indian of science in various mm. research institutes go into publishing papers right i mean i'm not against publishing papers i, I have mm. myself uh, read many and written few uh, but the thing is uh, ideally the benefit of science should be uh, actually to the society at large right uh, not a few elite who can read this paper and make progress but the progress should reflect into how society can benefit today it is not the case uh, but i am very confident that uh, because of the startup uh, uh, push the government is giving and uh, there are so many students today would not want to take up a mainstream job are looking at building startups some of them would actually convert uh, the work that they have done in their academic institution as part of their bachelor's thesis or master's thesis or phd work into a startup and i i do understand that uh, large industries are not able to fully capitalize i hope uh, we will start seeing uh, uh, more traction in this regard in terms of working from the lab in a research institute like the institute of science and having a, 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 it being deployed into a solution uh, soon i'm kind of taking a detour from what we were speaking about just now i have heard people say that desalination can solve the water crisis what are your thoughts on this see the thing is uh, if when it comes to the question of uh, right to water right i mean no matter what how you can help an individual get the water you should get it that's a fundamental so the uh, keeping that uh, as a premise i would also like to say that uh, there are different water has its own carbon footprint energy footprint desalination takes 22 times more energy as compared to getting water from fresh water source and desalination also and uh, because of desalination you also have a lot of brine solution that is created a very high concentration salt in the water when you dispose this water into the ocean it affects the biodiversity inside uh, aquatic life in the sea and uh, it can also affect uh, the overall uh, biodiversity quotient and it might also lead to uh, fisheries getting affected so this is definitely going to uh, uh, is definitely coming at a cost right both at the energy cost biodiversity cost so it is very important to be cognizant about using uh, technologies like desalination my belief is that if there's a water availability from fresh water source uh, where desalination uh, plant can be avoided then we should do that we should avoid putting up uh, desalination but if it's a location where there's no other access to water then yeah it is very important to ensure that somehow uh, the right to water is protected I think with this we have come to the end of our segment. Uh, so, do you want to share your closing remarks with us? So, uh, my my point I want to say to all 
your audience uh, listening here is that uh, while climate uh, change is affecting the society at large it is definitely affecting uh, the people around the habitats around uh, what is also very important we should also understand uh, how we can adapt to this new world right while there has to be as much effort put in mitigation adaptation is equally important if we don't uh, work on adaptation we might actually end up uh, uh, migrating in next 50 years to uh, antarctica or greenland and uh, siberia and other cold places which will actually achieve the temperature that we have here so so it is very important that uh, we have to ensure that there is adaptation and mitigation Uh, happening parallelly right and i think water is all about uh, water is both adaptation and mitigation right? and uh, if you are wasting water uh, you end up actually uh, wasting energy as well if you are uh, not able to use fresh water properly you'll end up using desalinated water which comes at a very high cost and energy footprint so the least that we can do the cheapest uh, way of solving water crisis is water conservation water efficiency right and i urge everybody at all levels whether it is at an individual at a household or an industry or at a uh, municipality level conserve water as much as possible so that way you are solving both climate change uh, mitigation and also solving for climate change adaptation thank you so much again madhura for having me for this discussion Thank you so much Ganesh sir for setting aside the time to join us on our podcast and sharing your thoughts with us. We invited you to do this because you're doing really good work in the sustainability space and we knew that we could learn a lot from you. Uh with this we come to the end of this week's episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Earth. We want to remind you that together we can make a difference. We want to invite you to join us on this learning experience and subscribe to our podcast on your preferred streaming platform so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. If you would like to know more about the topics that were discussed or refer to the show notes, head over to the description. And while you're at it, do check out our website, Instagram and Twitter handles. Hope you have a pleasant experience being on board with us as we discuss uncomfortable topics for a comfortable future.